You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumpacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Mythic Thunderloot is brought to you with support from 11th Hour Theater Company, Philadelphia's only all musical theater company. Visit 11thHourTheaterCompany.org for more information. If you'd like to support Mythic Thunderloot, join our Patreon by going to patreon.com backslash mythic thunderloot. And with that, here's episode one. Welcome to Mythic Thunderloot, a D&D podcast musical. I'm Jake Blauk. I'm Lillian Castillo. I'm Michael Doherty. I'm Steve Goodalunas. And I'm Leah Cotto. And we are Mythic Thunderloot. Yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the first episode of the pod. How's everybody doing? Ah! Titillated. Who's excited? Oh, me, me, me. I'm so excited. I could die. I've peed about 11 times already. Pee, a nervous pee. Yes, I've peed multiple times and will pee more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, um, make sure you've got a can by your side for that. <sighs> this is why I wear a rubber diaper. Oh. Without further ado, before we all start peeing, let's uh, turn it over to our game maker, Michael Doherty. Thank you, thank you. Today on the pod, we've got special guest Landry Fleming from Encounter Party. For any listener who doesn't know Encounter Party, it's been named one of the best actual play D&D podcasts time and time again. And Landry voices Xenia on it, quite brilliantly. You may have also seen her on Chicago PD and Chicago Med, all the Chicago things. Landry, welcome to the pod. Oh my goodness, hello. It's so good to be here. It's so lovely to have you. (laughs) Now, real quick, if you had to give us the elevator pitch for Encounter Party, what might that be? Yes, I have my producer's email in front of me, and it says, (laughs) Encounter Party is a podcast of six professional voice actors playing a Dungeons & Dragons campaign written by a novelist that's set inside the Magic the Gathering realm of Ravnica and edited to focus the listener experience on the epic story. Stunning. (laughs) That's a great pitch, and written by a novelist. I didn't actually realize. That's incredible. You know... I didn't know it either, so (laughs) (laughs) Finding out in real time. Well, that is incredible. Thank you so much for being here. Everyone, check out Encounter Party. And with that, I'm going to explain how this works. Here's the deal. Our four players are going to improvise their way through a fantasy-style role-playing game of my making. After we record, we add sound effects, underscoring full-fledged musical numbers and special guest voices. And boom, there you have an episode. Sound good? Yes. Great. Then let's play Mythic Thunderloot! Prologue. In a time long ago, on a land not unlike our own, three nations lay on the continent Boreos. To the west, Vritrania, nation of dragons, known for their underground cities and hatred of man. To the east, Kar Katara, nation of elves, land of many gods and harmony with the earth. And sitting twixt the two, the nation of man, where humans drew borders to keep themselves safe. Within this human nation, rock music was as popular as the common tongue, and great bands like Elf Mother were worshipped like gods. That is, until the Great War began. Once Vritrania launched its fiery attack on the nation, 
humans never stood a chance. After less than a year of battle, the nation of man was wiped from existence. Centuries passed. Gaiadus, elf god of nature, restored the dragon-scorched earth back to its former beauty, and magical creatures came in from the north. Though the dragons were never heard from again, the fear of their wrath kept the elves from inhabiting the land. When a new society of man came from across the sea and claimed it as their own. Thus, Edenia was founded. The new humans brought with them the so-called promise of prosperity. And dwarves, gnomes, and halflings sailed from the west to occupy it. The magical beings were pushed north once more and walls were built to keep Edenians safe. Music fueled the economy once more. Now, 200 years after Edenia's birth, great sums of wealth are held by very few. And though no one knows it yet, Edenia requires four heroes to protect its people from certain doom! That was the prologue and my best Kate Blanchett impression. <laughs> yes. yes, I was about to say you've never felt more like Kate Blanchett to me. Okay, home run, home <laughs> run. In the cozy yet bustling village of South Taliashire, Pugface Doodleop, the gnomish tailor's apprentice, awakes and finds herself filled with a great excitement. Last night at the local brew pub, she saw an aging elf named Eddie the Bard perform just a really solid acoustic set. But Pugface is almost certain that it was her musical idol and former lead singer of the rock band Elf Mother, Edgar Hawk. <laughs> What's more is she saw him leave with her childhood friend and next door neighbor, Roscoe Chubb. Pugface, what do you do? Uh, I'm gonna wake up, I'm gonna toss on my hair, put on my fanciest freaking outfit, and I'm gonna strut next door to my BFF forever, Roscoe Chubb. As you open your bedroom door, you're greeted by your father, Rikio, who appears to be just beaming with joy. Giggling, he says, what is your wish, my sovereign? <laughs> Dad, what? I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm just in a good mood. I, I, I made you some breakfast if you want some. Oh, great. Uh, actually, no. I, I, Dad, I'm on a huge mission right now. I got to go see Roscoe. Uh, can I come back a little later? Oh, of course, just before you rush off, I, I, I got a bit of good news last night when you were at your concert thing. What's up? Have you heard about the Talia Shire mines they're digging up not too far from here? Well, yeah. They're mining up those gemstones we're always listening to our music on, and the plan is to break ground today. Today? Yes. It's happening today? Yes, but last night, the foreman of the dig died. <laughs> Wait, is that a good thing? Well, no, that, that, that part's horrible. Yeah, that's what I, okay. Here's the thing. They need a new architect to lead the dig. So Thane Ogdor himself came by the house last night, put your old man in charge. Oh, my God! Well, so I grab my dad and we like start dancing up and down together and like have a little dance party. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh my God. What? That's amazing. Oh, I know. <gasps> Thank you, honey. It was an amazing night given the circumstances. Your stepmother and I cracked a few bottles of wine to celebrate it. Well, you know, I don't drink, but she, she, she knocked them back and we had a great time. Actually, she's still asleep right now. So, so maybe we should be a little quiet. Yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, I don't want to hold yeah, you up. Next no. time you see me, I'll be a working man. So Pugface uh, leaves the place. You rush and head next door. Meanwhile, Edgar Hawk, living in secrecy as Eddie the Bard, has just played his first gig in nearly a century. 99 years and 50 weeks ago at the Founders Day Centennial, 
A terrible performance as the lead singer of Elf Mother cost him his career. But for the first time since that harrowing event, Edgar feels like a rock star. Oh, goodness me, I've got that feeling once more. A little rock and roll got into my bones. And now I just want to hear the crowd roar. Oh, goodness me, what a check. I'm well past my prime. Still, I woke up with this dread for the past hundred years. Something feels different this time It's not just another tarry shy morning There's an old part of me that I've reclaimed It'll never be the same Gone is the fortune and fame But something new as he wakes up, he hears an eager rapping on the front door. Edgar, what do you do? Hello? Roscoe! Roscoe, bud, open up! Roscoe, one of your little friends is here. The voice of Edgar carries into the bedroom of Roscoe Chubb, the halfling drummer, who had a major victory last night, getting his new flatmate Eddie out of the house for the first time since he moved in nearly a month ago. Now, while Eddie played a great set, Roscoe got into an altercation with a tall, obnoxious halfling from North Talia Shire named Pasco Slim. As such, Roscoe had a rather fitful sleep. Don't want to wake up just yet, still living in a dream. Here comes just another day, the same old routine. But in this dream, I'm a drummer playing for the elven gods, and they lose their shit. Against all odds and say this ain't just another tally of shy morning Great adventure awaits, so get up A story to be told, since your life is getting old The wine of life will runneth over your cup He awakes in a cold sweat and hears Eddie calling from the next room. Roscoe. What? Roscoe, your friend, at the door. Who? Who is it? You there? Who is it? It's Pugface. Wait. It's Pugface. Oh. All right, I get up. I put on my robe. I walk downstairs. Edgar rolls back over and goes back to bed. Keep it down if you would, please. No, that's... Not how things work. I go to the door and I open up. Oh, Pugface, how's it going? Hey, I saw someone uh, trail up with you and look kind of familiar. I just wanted to know what was going on with that. Oh, who, who? Eddie? The guy on my couch? That's him! No, no, that's him! You want to meet him? He loves, he loves company Pugface. He loves it. You should meet him. Incorrect. Come on in. Okay, yeah. So I walk inside. Great. Eddie the Bard comes off the couch and into the room where they are. You just see this ancient elf in a robe. Yes, um, my name is Eddie, and only Eddie, as my father before him. That is my only name, and so uh, nothing more to be known about me. Yeah, sorry you came all the way over here to discover that, but that's it. You want a cup of coffee or something? No, you're Edgar Hawk. Edgar stops in his tracks. I'm sorry, who? Edgar fucking Hawk of Elf Mother? What did you say your name was? I am... Pugface Doodle Up, I am a huge fucking fan of yours. There may have been an elf once named Edgar Hawk, but that person is long gone. You know, I'm I'm sorry, I'm really lost. Who who elf mother? I mean, I don't I don't. Roscoe, you have heard me play the gemstones, and if it was you, born to bleed, my dad, that album was on repeat. Wait, you are a legend. You can stay on your couch. Why are you sleeping on a couch? Ca- why did you? Why is he sleeping on a couch? Because I don't have an extra bed. Meanwhile, young Jocasta Stormwood, the half bear, half woman from the forest, finds herself in the middle of an excruciating conversation. 
Last night, her mother Minerva suggested Joe take charge of the monthly herb deliveries to the people of South Taliashire. Since this is Joe Costa's first time away from home, she is overpacked for her day trip and underprepared for social interactions. As an old dwarf named Schneider drones on about his back pain, all Joe Costa can think is there's only one more house to go. The more chronic pain didn't really start until the last couple of years. I spent a lot of time sort of hunched over for my job, so I guess it really chalks up to a workplace hazard. I, I understand. Well, the, yeah. the beer I've left you with and that you have paid for yes. and we have transacted should should do the trick to make that go away. I hope so. I hope so, Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I believe it will. Now, I really, really gotta go. Oh, okay, I'll let you run. I've actually got a lot to get around to myself, so, uh, yeah, you got it. As you close the door behind you, a wave of relief rushes over you, knowing that you are near the last stop on your delivery route, the home of Roscoe Chubb. Jocasta's feeling really proud of herself. Can't believe I did the whole herb run by myself. Feeling fine, gotta bounce in my Inside, your conversation is interrupted by a knock at the door. Oh, oh, uh, excuse yeah, me yeah, one go, second. Go, go, go. In the nick of time. Uh, and I open the door while You open the door to reveal a human with bare ears and the most overstuffed backpack you've ever seen. Uh, Jill Costa, you see a halfling uh, in a robe. <laughs> Morning, Mr. Chubb. Uh, Jocasta? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hey, how's it going? How are you? It's going well, you know. I'm doing the delivery for my mom. Oh, is this your first time? <laughs> I think it's going well. Oh, the herb lady's here. Like, give me a second. And she takes her giant backpack, flings it out in front of her. She's like, just to say, I got it in the bottom to protect it from people just, like, reaching in and taking it. I just got to empty some things out. And she's just like, I mean... <laughs> You know, she she was only leaving home for a day, but there are multiple changes of clothes. There are, you know, like things to light a fire. She even has two pieces of wood in there as if she couldn't find wood somewhere. You're very prepared, Jocasta, I have to tell you. Well, you know, if you if you are always prepared, you don't have to get prepared. That's what my mama says. So, oh, here we go. And she pulls out a sizable cloth bag and says, here you go, Mr. Roscoe. What do I owe you? So this is a whole month's supply. So that'll be like 20 gilders. Perfect. I take the 20 from the 50 that I have and I give it to Thank you so much. Oh, hello. I didn't even notice that there was people. I'm so sorry. I was being rude. My mama says I should say hello to everybody I pass. Uh, Joe Costa is your name? Yeah. I'm Pugface. Nice to meet you. Pugface. That's an interesting name. Thank you. I chose it myself. Thank you. Oh, that's nice. Why'd you Mm -hmm. choose Pugface? You don't look like a pug. Well, my dad, uh, he would always call me his little Pugface, little puggy. You have a daddy? I don't have a daddy. I never knew my daddy. Oh, God. I am. I'm going to go make coffee now since I didn't get to do that for the last 10 minutes. So I'll be back. Make me a cup, would you? Oh, uh, is this your friend, Pugface? Your your boyfriend? Uh, no, but this uh, uh, this is uh, Ed, Ed, Eddie. Edgar. Uh, this is Edgar. 
I'm Edgar Hawke from Elf Mother. The jig is up there. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> no, no, no. The lead singer of, of Elf Mother is Tanner. Tanner Brayden. So I come in during this conversation. I have rolled a joint. Now, are you telling me that the young generations of Edenia don't know that there was once a man called Edgar Hawke in the band Elf Mother? Yeah. Hey, Eddie, Eddie, mm. Eddie. Tanner Brayden is appealing abomination to music. He is a lark-voiced angel. I walk in with this joint now in the middle of this conversation. I push Eddie out of the way because he's having a conniption. And I come over to to Joe Costa and I give you the joint first. Now he's just making making up bad names. He is wonderful. He's just... As soon as the herb is lit, smoke fills the room, sending all of you into a coughing fit. Once the smoke clears, you see before you, in the middle of the room, a wood nymph with green skin, vines for hair, and dead leaves for clothes. She's the type of being you've only heard about in stories. She speaks. I am Daphne, spirit of Stormwood and daughter of Gaides, god of nature. Thank you for inhaling my sacrament. I come to you in a time of desperation, for as we speak, my end draws near. Suddenly, Daphne lurches back in pain and falls to the floor. What the fuck did we smoke? Y'all, my mama doesn't usually lace this stuff. I don't know what she put in it. (laughs) Okay, everybody just calm down. Everybody calm down. I'm going to go over to her. I'm going to try to pick her up. Are you okay? Her knees wobble as you kind of help her up. Mere miles from here, ground is being broken on the Taliashire mines, where man's tools bore into the earth, releasing toxins into the river and poisoning the forests of Stormwood. I need you all to help stop it. Uh, how? Well, these mortals cannot be reasoned with. They poison our land. Yes, but they're creating jobs. That's what they tell you. And because these mortals cannot be reasoned with, I'm here to tell you that gods can. And though I've begged my mother to help, she stands aloof at my pain, claiming Stormwood as a speck of dust in the grand scheme of nature. But I know of a way to change her mind and the minds of all her fellow gods. I have a question. This river, this is the river that flows into Stormwood itself? Yes. So what you're saying is, if, if we don't stop them, that poisonous stuff will travel in that river into Stormwood and destroy our entire crop of herb? Precisely. Well, I need to stop this. I, I, I gotta save my mama's farm. Mr. Chubb, this might be the last herb you ever get if we don't if we don't fix this. Everyone pack your shit. We're getting out of here. In your nation's capital sits the shrine of Mares, god of agriculture. Since he hasn't been worshipped in 1,200 years, he has ceased to exist. But I believe mortals that are pure of heart can revive the god and rally him to our cause. What does she mean by pure? Does she mean like virgins? I mean more you... You seem... <laughs> cool? Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, so so, so... so what do you need us to do? Revive him. I think Mares has always been the most fearless and persuasive of all the elf gods. I believe he can convince his comrades to save Stormwood. The gods can then convince the mortals to stop their ways and use their powers to then heal the earth. So to the, t- the temple of, of Mares then? The shrine of Mares lies in Borstead City Square, your nation's capital. Suddenly, Daphne lurches to the ground once more in pain. My time draws near. Please, go to Mares. Tell him what I have told you. And with that, she vanishes in a blast of smoke. Well, good luck, all of you. Uh, I wish you the best of luck in finding uh, Maris's temple. Well, she said all four of us. I'm sure there's a fourth person somewhere that will help you out. Good luck in helping her. Who's this person? Who's your mother? Minerva. My mom's name's Minerva. Your mother's name is what? Minerva? She used to be Minerva Warren, but now she's Minerva Stormwood. Oh, my sweet Minerva. Is something happening right now? Oh, the ends of the earth that I would go to for you, my dear. Why are you talking about my mama that way? Roscoe, bring me my pack. We've sallied forth. I'm going to start packing my bag back up. Roscoe's going to go in and and very carefully make a handful of uh, a handful of these Italian hoagie sandwiches. Sharp provolone? Yes. It stinks to high heaven in this kitchen right now. <laughs> Edgar emerges from the bedroom with his uh, rolly case behind him and uh, uh, a loot case in the other hand. All right. Uh, off we go. Well, hey, guys. She turns to everyone. Uh, do you mind if we just make a pit stop to, to my house so I can just pack a little bag, too? Um, and, I mean, Edgar, my, my dad would just... Uh, yes, I would be happy to meet an appreciator of the real elf mother. 
You all go to Pugface's house. Pugface, when you return next door, you find your father, Rikio, gone and your stepmother, Autumn, laying on the couch. As you close the door, she winces in pain. Mm. Hi, sweetheart. Your father started his new job today. I don't know if he told you. No, he did mention. Uh, so she uh, runs upstairs to, or runs to her room to, to pack because uh, some shit's going to go down. Uh, well, are we just in the room with her with her stepmom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you see this hungover gnome laying on a couch. <laughs> Hi. Hey, are you friends of Pugface? You gotta be kidding me. You don't, re- you don't remember me? Oh, Roscoe, honey. Hi, dear. I'm sorry. I had um, a little too much to drink last night. Mm, shocking. I can hear you. Is it normal to be that rude to somebody who says they're your friend's parent? At this time, Pugface comes in. Are you heading somewhere, sweetheart? Um, you know what? We're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go visit Dad. No, no, we're not. We're going out. I don't want to tell you where we're going. We're gonna he- go hear a band in uh <clears throat> across the meadows in what was it, Borstead? You're going to Borstead, sweetheart. Bo- Borstead, yeah. Mm-hmm. Should I should probably tell your father? Yeah, I don't know, maybe. Okay, sweetie, we'll have a good time. And she rolls back over on the couch. Great. So we leave. You set off for Borstead. As you leave South Taliashire, you have a strange feeling in your stomachs like you're stepping into the great unknown. You traverse the rolling hills of Taliashire and come to the Meadows Bridge. Edgar, being the only one to have traversed this part of the land before, you know a direct beeline due east should get you across the meadows and into the province of Kingsrung. Pugface and Roscoe, this is the farthest east you have ever been. We feel ready to do this? This is a big, uh... I mean, all we gotta do is talk to a god that's dead, right? Much less intimidating than a living god. Because we might talk and talk and talk and he may not show up at all. All right, let's just do it. You begin your long haul across the meadows, which aside from Stormwood is the nation's only untamed land. After several miles of uninterrupted journeying, you hear a flute being played just ahead of you. It sounds intoxicating and completely alluring. Mm, they're really shredding on that. As you continue to approach, you see a sprightly man dressed in all green, joyously dancing and flouting away. Greetings, travelers. I am called the Piper, traveling bard and master musician, attracting all walks of life with my tunes. As he tucks away his pan flute, he swivels around a lute that had been strapped to his back. Song for your travel? Can you play and walk? We're kind of on our way somewhere. Certainly. My friends, do you see this road stretched here before you? No, please, that was just a rhetorical question, but I fear there is much more that hasn't been mentioned. Do you know all the dangers that lurk and await you? Monsters and thieves, murderers and enemies. But remember, my friends, the best remedy is song. Life's much easier with a song. Just come and sing along. If ever a stranger presents you with danger, remember there's nothing wrong with a song. Yourselves locked in a dungeon And a god to get by You could reach for his truncheon And be gone in a flash For his brains you would bludgeon There's a much better way To set yourselves free A stealthy invocation That is far more discreet A bloodless one that leaves no trail Oh, take it from me It's a song Life's much easier with a song Just come and sing along If you find that one day there's someone in your way The best way to get them gone Do you want to move people and influence friends? Then take it from me I've got the means to your ends Friends, you may be in the court of a king With court 
tears falling and kissing his ring No way to be heard except for one thing It's a little something I've already mentioned A lyrical way to cut through the tension And at once grab the court's undivided attention It's a song! Life's much easier with a song Just come and sing along If you're ever embroiled with someone who's royal If you're caught in a pickle My friend, you can't be fickle If you're stuck in a branch It's all just a sand Just get what you want In song Suddenly, an arrow flies through the piper's face and he falls down dead at your feet. Oh, I really Shit. didn't like that song. You see four armored horsemen with bows drawn galloping toward you. They stop just 15 feet away. This fearsome foursome don long and bristly beards, each a different color. The blonde man speaks. Do you know this man who lies before you? We just no. met, him. met him on the road. Thank Venetius, that man was none other than the Pied Piper of Piedmont, famed child murderer. <gasps> Thank goodness you did what I was just about to do, which is kill him. Oh, very good. He'd been on the run for days before we tracked him here. What a relief that you are no allies of his. Well, here he is. Three of the horsemen sort of, uh, sort of like tie him by his ankles and like strap him to the back of their horses. While the blonde man asks you, tell me, travelers, what are you doing wandering through the meadows horseless? We're not wandering. We have purpose. Very well. Might I make a recommendation? Yeah. There's some wild foals up ahead. Tame them and have them saddled in the next town you pass. The man with the white beard looks up at Roscoe. Earn their trust, calm them, and then ride them. (laughs) (laughs) Question, uh, you there, white-bearded horseman and um, uh, blondeman. Do foals like music? You're welcome to try anything. Do you like music? Oh, we're more... We should be getting on our way. Come, come, the Pied Piper of Piedmont is dead! And the men get on their horses once more. The blonde man says, Fare thee well, travelers. Yeah! And the horsemen ride off north once more. Do they have the Pied Piper's body? Yeah, they're kind of dragging it behind them grotesquely. Oh, God! I just feel weird, because I, I really enjoyed the song, but he was a child murderer, so I feel bad for liking what he what he did you can't separate the artist from the art i think (laughs) so i I guess we could go try and and nab a horse (laughs) a horse's whinny draws your attention two said horses sure enough just had five wild horses gallop across the plains a strange humanoid being with a purple glow and colorful clothes seems to be playing with them chasing the foals about what the hell is going on in this place Joe Costa, you seem to be the druidic type. Why don't you go talk to the horseman and see if... um... Okay. (laughs) She just, like, walks on over. Great. Uh, The the purple man in the motley vest notices Joe Costa and says, Hey, what's up? I'm Papa Curio, god of travel. How's it going, my traveler? Oh, you're a god of travel. That's nice. Indeed. Because I'm learning that people aren't always what they seem. Don't I know it. So I was wondering, uh, god Curio... Uh, we might need some of these ponies to get us where we're going. You want me to tame them for you? Oh, yes. You know how to do that? That'd be lovely. Dude, It it's super easy. I mean, well, for me, because I'm like, you know, I'm a god. Right, right. You know, the, the elves worship me, but they don't, you know, they don't really travel that much. So oh. I, I'm, I'm more, I'm kind of like more bumming around right now. He's right. Oh, wait, you're an elf, aren't you? Oh, look at your friends. You, you want me to tame uh, four of them then? That'd be great. Thank you. Now, guys, you're technically supposed to make a sacrifice for me, but you all seem cool, so I'll just tell you a really cool story instead. And as he launches into a long and rambling story, you realize that this is the sacrifice. Uh, everyone give me a constitution saving throw. <laughs> <laughs> 16 for me. 17. 12 for Roscoe. I got a four. Oh, my God. So, Roscoe and Edgar, as the story drones on, you feel an exhaustion set, and you can't believe how meandering a story can be. But sure enough, as he blathers on, he lays his hands upon four of the horses. They're instantly calmed and drawn toward each of you. The deal is you got to name them in order to keep them. I shall name this foal Nick. (laughs) Nick Foles. 
<laughs> Stupid. Uh, I'm going to name mine Delilah. It's a little white horse with yellow mane. Well, you adorable little chestnut of a horse, <laughs> and I think that you smell, so I'm going to call you Smelly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm going to name mine Tudoroso. <laughs> Is there a meaning to that, Roscoe? Yeah, it means big ripe tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Peace out, my travelers. Hope you have a good one. Hope we can uh, catch up and yarn some more sometime. And as he continues to drone on, he fades away into thin air. My God, Curio. What a nice guy. No one thinks that any of this is weird or strange at all. No, we're in the East. This is what happens here. You think this is weird? Wait till we get to Bullstead. I'm just a little scared. I'm trying to be transparent with my friends here. Oh, oh don't be scared. Well, I am. Jocasta walks over and stands next to him and, like, tries to comfort him. And she just, like, kind of can... smacking him. Almost like trying to burp him. And Pugface goes over and, uh, well, Jojo, no, if you if you get under his uh, under his chin, when he gets in a panic, that, that, that calms him down. Uh, absolutely. She keeps patting the back but starts using the other hand to scratch under his chin. Oh, that'll work, too. I don't mean to interrupt the group massage, but um, if we don't uh, get on the road, well, darkness will be upon us before we get to Bullstead. Chikasta jumps on her horse and says, Forward, Smelly! Y'all gallop forth, uh, now seemingly flying through the meadows. But as you ride, the sun begins to set. Edgar realizes as this is happening that, in fact, Nick Foles is is female and therefore uh, actually a a, a filly. And he just thinks to himself, oh my, she's so special. What a filly special Nick Foles is. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my. What's what's the opposite that a game maker would award from inspiration? Uh, (laughs) Edgar earned himself one shame token. (laughs) (laughs) Right. The the sun continues to set uh, until until eventually the sky turns black and you are still in the meadows and you are exhausted. Do y'all think maybe, y'all think maybe we should camp? Set up camp. I think that's the safest. Jocasta pulls down her big backpack, immediately starts dumping things out of it, and is like, wait, I got a tent. I, I got a tent in here somewhere. Here's here's some wood, and somebody build a fire. So I guess I'll light the fire. Here's a little here's a little uh, pot. Maybe somebody could, like, go get some water. We can boil it and maybe make a little stew or something. Oh, stew? Yeah, yeah, I'll go get water. No problem. Edgar takes out his loot and starts to just kind of, like, noodle on it a little bit. And you can all see that it's this beautifully embroidered loot that has, like, all these flowers painted on it. Hey, Edgar, that's a uh, pretty decent loot you got there. You'd be amazed what this loot could do. Could I? I don't know any of your work, so... We found an elf mother over 2,000 years ago. It's a little, uh, folkish singing trio Are back we about in... to get a history lesson here? Like, are we going to do the whole thing right now? Told the world. All right. <sighs> Made all kinds of albums together. Then after the founding of Edenia, the centennial... I went into the part of Love Me Like a Warlock where I'm playing the guitar solo and I swing the guitar around my body and um, it caught the necklace that I was wearing. The necklace of Arctarctum snapped off my neck and went flying into the audience, which was the thing that um, took my rather plain uh, tone-deaf voice and made it what it was in all those albums. I went back to the microphone to sing the final refrain. So you're a fraud. No, no, Roscoe, He's not a fraud. Edgar, you are more than your voice. You know, this is always lead singers. This doesn't happen with drummers. I'm just telling you now, you can't you can't fake play the drums. I'm sorry. Well, Roscoe Chubb, I'm simply a lost old man that plays upon his magicless lute. And with that, you rest for the night. And you are awakened in the morning by a cock's crow. <laughs> Please don't put a sound effect in over my stellar coxcrow. Thank you. <laughs> I really feel like we should also keep his horse's neigh because that oh, was it was gold. Super- it was gold. <laughs> <laughs> well, the sun is rising. We should probably be on our way to Bolstead. You remount your respective horses and gallop forth. After a few miles, you cross into the province of King's Rock where everything is of a notably higher pay grade than it was in Talia Shire. The streets are lined with stone and not dirt. The houses are sturdier and larger, and the people wear the finest clothes you've ever seen. As you continue to race through Kingsrung on your steeds, 
you finally reach the city of Borstead! <laughs> Once in the city square, three attractions draw your eye. Orion's Keep, the massive castle that houses King Cyrus and the royal family, the pristine and newly erected Temple of Venetius, where villagers attempt to commune directly with the god of self, the only accepted god of Edenian monotheistic culture, and finally, a small and mossed over dome which Edgar recognizes as the shrine of Maris. A solitary elf in monk's robes prays outside. Well, solitary monk in elf's robes must be the uh, Temple of Morris. As you dismount your horses, a bugle is blown. <laughs> Perfect sound effect again. Nailed it. A herald enters the square accompanied by a platoon of the king's guard. Everyone in the square quiets to listen. Hear ye, hear ye! King Cyrus would like to officially announce the Founders' Day Bicentennial in precisely two weeks' time, featuring musical headliners Necromantica, Elf Mother, and Dismay at the Mead Hall. Spread the word near and far as we gather together to celebrate 200 years of the glorious nation of Edania. The bugle sounds again, and the herald and the king's guard turn and head back toward the keep. Guys, Necromantica's coming. And Elf Mother. Guys, Necromantica is the greatest band. Well, I, I've got you all here uh, to Bolstead. You should be able to uh, find your way from here. Uh, good luck with the rest of your lives. Thank you very much for playing. Goodbye. Wait, wait, wait. Where are you going? And she grabs him by his tunic. <laughs> you know, if he wants to go, let him go. No, no, no. But Daphne said all four of us were supposed to do this. Uh, maybe we should talk to that uh, little um, elf monk fellow over there. As you approach this shrine, you actually startle the genuflecting old monk. Oh, sorry, I'm usually able to worship alone. Hello, have you come to pray? In Elvish, Edgar uh, says back to him, No, we've not come to pray. We're looking for Maris. You wish to commune directly with him. In common, he says to the rest of the group, We we want to commune directly with Maris, right? That's true. Also, secrets don't make friends. Why is he speaking another language? He says in common as he steps towards you, my word, in all my centuries of life, I never have expected any mortal beings who would wish to revive the mighty God. Come within, within. And he, he waves you in as he runs inside an opening in the dome. Don't tell him we're doing this all just for weed, okay? <laughs> within, moss and vines cover the walls of the dome. Before you, you see a large gray stone altar, and above, carved in Old Elvish, a phrase which Edgar can translate as, inspire him and he shall then listen. Though few have tried, none have managed to revive Morris. Please, uh, try anything, inspire away. How do we inspire a dead god? Perhaps a dance, uh, an Elvish folk dance. I do want to watch Edgar dance. As do I. Yes, I'll do an Elvish folk dance. Here we are. So Edgar begins to do a, a small Elvish folk dance. Have Edgar play one of the thousands of songs that he knows. Oh, your lute. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the lute is not what it once was. I doubt it would inspire anybody. Now look, look, come on, big guy. Roscoe takes him by the, the arms. Now I want you to know... We care about you, Eddie. Man, he's a close talker. And I think that you should play a song. Jocasta walks over and starts doing her burping pat as well. Uh, and then Pugface does the under the chin. You can do this, Edgar. Pugface, you know the catalogue, the good stuff. Better than anyone here. What song do you want to hear? Wait, we're taking requests? Just play a damn song for the thing right now. What are we doing? <laughs> Born to bleed. Born to bleed. Uh, give me a performance check. Uh, that's a, uh, that's a 15. Great. As Edgar plays this song, y'all feel an incredible sense of inspiration. Something is starting to shift in the atmosphere. When I was young, my daddy told me, said, Listen with those pointy ears on your head. There's nothing in this life you'll ever need. Silver spoon in my mouth 
light appears upon the altar. A blinding flash and standing before you with shining red skin, the mane of a lion and the face of a human, the being known as Mares. He has a bit of a beer gut. What's up? What's up? I'm up. Um, hey, how is it? How long have I been? Uh, oh, it's been a while, hasn't it? How do you address a god? Your majesty? Wait, are you the beings who just played that song? Yeah. Yes. Yep. That was amazing. Yeah! I have never heard anything like that in, in my life. I, I, was, I, was, I was literally slumbering eternally, and then I heard that, and I was like, fuck it, I'm getting up. They need to know. Wow, what do you call yourselves? Well, my name's Joe Costa, and that's Edgar, that's Pugface, and that's Roscoe. No, 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 your band name. What do you call yourselves? Oh, we're not a band. My friends, I, I have news for you. You just awakened a god who's been slumbering for I don't even know how long. Y'all are a band. Edgar looks down at his loot and says to himself kind of quietly, Maybe the thunder loot does still have power. Anyway, w- was there any reason y'all woke me up? Yes. So uh, this um, nymph, uh, Daphne, okay. uh, she said that they're starting to mine some stuff uh, that is uh, making uh, all this icky stuff go into the river oh that's going to destroy Stormwood. Uh-huh. And we can't, we, we don't have a lot of power and or sure. a lot of pull to convince the people who are the higher-ups to, yeah. like, stop that. I and see. so she told us that we need to talk to you because uh-huh. you would make it stop. Well, yikes. <laughs> Sounds like... Uh, this nation of yours has really done a, a number on this little earth we gave you. Ha! So let me guess. You need me to rally the gods to save your little forest. Yes. Yes, yes. please. Done and done, my mortals. I promise you, you shall never have to live in fear of what those horrible mortals are doing ever again. Oh, babies. We are about to wage war with your civilization. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come out, come out. His lion's mane bursts into blue flame as he hunkers down toward the earth and bellows, Etenians, prepare to meet your doom! And he bursts through the ceiling of the dome, leaving the shrine in ruins. As he vanishes into the sky, the four of you, the old monk, and indeed all the spectators of Borstead Square stare amazed at the sky. And that's where we will end our first episode! Tune in on Monday, August 9th for Episode 2, The Fallen Prince. And don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe. 
Mythic Thunderloot was created by Jake Blauk, Michael Darty, and Steve Gudalunas. Jake Blauk serves as our song composer, guitarist, and the voice of Edgar Hawke. He did the sound effects for this episode. Lillian Castillo is the voice of Jocasta Stormwood. I'm Michael Darty, the editor and head writer, a.k.a. The Game Maker. I wrote additional lyrics and harmonies for this episode. Steve Gudalunas is our drummer and the voice of Roscoe Chubb. Leah Cato is the voice of Pugface Doodlop. Dan Kazimi did the underscoring, arranging, mixing, mastering, synth, and keyboard. Alex Kuyper is our co-producer and chief story editor. The story consultants for this episode were Dennis Dumas and Brett Ashley Robinson. That's Sarah Glico on flute for the Piper song. The drums are mixed and tracked by Tyler Blanchard at Good Cat Productions. Our production manager is Molly Foy. Social media assistance from Sarah Royds. Marketing consultation from Judd Mellinger-Blauk. Imaging by Lee Cordoposi and Daniel Kantz. And web design by Campbell O'Hare. Special thanks to production consultant Jade Bruno. Thanks to our Kickstarter supporters, Deborah Darty, Judd Mellinger-Blauk, Tim Fennell, Dee Gudalunas, Tabitha Ricketts, David Darty, Rhonda Church, Derek Jones, Deidre Shaves, Ellen Darty, Cheryl Kuyper, Bill and Cindy Darty, Mary Cullen, Tim Martin, and David Gordon Johnson. And a shout-out to our first-ever Patreon supporter, Mike Hahn. Find us on Patreon to get an early glimpse of our next episode. We'll catch you next time on Mythic Thunderloot. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.